Coming to you live from a game of laser tag, I'm Johanna Stauffer, and with me as always is that one guy who is way too into it. And this is the Mildly Alarming Podcast. Episode 115,391, Don't Soap the Bus Boy. Well, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world, but the little children love the Mildly Alarming Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Tom Rich. Why was that a butt statement? You wouldn't expect that. I guess. And I'm Johanna Stauffer. And this is our show on the internet that started with that for reasons that will never be clear to anybody. Nope. So, uh, how's it going there, buddy? It's going fine. How about you? I'm okay, you know? Recording a podcast? I'm really excited for the upcoming episode of Crime Mummy. (laughs) It's gonna be freaking amazing. I have been waiting since last season with bated breath. Yeah, it's the season premiere. Yeah. We get to finally see the, uh resolution to that cliffhanger ending i just hope you know that lonnie eventually finds what he's looking for that he you pulls know? through you know yeah you know he's, he's having he had a rough time in this past season we all feel for lonnie of crime mummy yeah no I, one really feels for crime mummy well you know he's crime mummy he's so stoic yeah you know but uh i, you know, I hope things work out for him too but yeah, really right. Lon, I, I feel like i connect to lonnie on a very spiritual level right there's a lot more of a human connection going on between me, a human, and Lonnie, also a human. Rather than between you, arguably a human, arguably. and Crime Mummy, who is a mummy. A mummy, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about Crime Mummy. We're big Crime Mummy fans around here. Who wouldn't be? Uh, I don't know. Communists, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think so. Communists. Yeah, they never... They hate mummies. Old Joe Stalin never watched No Crime Mummy. No, he didn't. It's true. And very scary. But this isn't the Crime Mummy podcast. This is a podcast about board games. So let's move on to our topic for the day, which is... Uh, the Crime Mummy board game, right? Right, yeah. Because that is looking incredible. Like, it's pretty remarkable what they've accomplished with that thing. Yeah, I, I think it's actually surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. All things considered. You know, uh, for those who haven't been keeping up with the Kickstarter uh, for Crime Mummy, the board game... It uh, is a co-op game. One player controls uh, Lonnie, the beat cop, and the other controls Crime Mummy, uh, his partner, who is a mummy, um, and uh, you need to solve crimes together. And it's interesting because there's a, there's some cool asymmetry going on there. Lonnie has, you know, your standard suite of cop-type abilities. He can fire a gun, and he can do investigative work and whatnot, and Crime Mummy is a centuries-old undead pharaoh animated by the black magic of ancient Egypt uh, who can wield spells and curses and swarms of scorpions and the like. And you'd think that uh, it would be kind of uneven for the players. You know, it might not be fair that uh-huh. one player is uh, your average beat cop and the other player is controlling the untold magical powers of a uh, virtually omnipotent being mm-hmm. um but what you find is that uh while crime mummy is really very powerful um he's virtually use- useless without lonnie as his his anchor as the base to help him work his way through this crazy mixed up modern world right and that's one of the places where it really ties in nicely to this show because one of the one of the things you know spoiler alert we've seen over the last few seasons of crime mummy is how you know, despite the fact that Crime Mummy can crush a man with one blow of his meaty, meaty, berapped fist, uh, he really needs Lonnie just as his conscience to know so that he knows who to crush yeah. with said fist. Mm-hmm. And rather than, you know, going all, we must salt the fields of the Assyrians and slay their children type of thing that he would have done in his former life as 
you know, ruler of Egypt. Because what's he going to do the now? Times. They're not even around anymore. There's you. I don't think there are. are there no, there's no Assyrians, right? No. Like nobody. If I walked up with somebody, they wouldn't be like, "I'm an Assyrian from Assyria." From Assyria, they wouldn't yeah, say no. that. Nope. Okay. Yeah. So that's you know that's a. It's very impressive how they've balanced the way that Lonnie and Crime Mummy interact with each other. Yeah. Very good stuff. Um, some other cool mechanics going on in there. I mean, I'll let you go. Look at the uh, the Kickstarter yourself to get a sense of where they're going, but definitely, I think, worth backing and worth uh, keeping your eye on. It's going to be a big hit when it well, comes out. Well, they did out. some stuff mechanically that's pretty unique, uh-huh. right? Like, uh, you, you mentioned to me just before we started that they're doing something uh, where they're using dice as cards. Oh, you're right. Good point. Um, it's impressive. Like, it's weird, and I wouldn't have guessed. It's one of those ideas that had I had, I would have been like, ah, I w- I w- I'll never get this by Johannes even on a first pass. I, and I probably wouldn't have let it by. Yeah, because it's not great at a first look. But, like, the way you stack the dice to make the deck of cards that the dice are forming, and then how the rolling interacts with that deck to form new cards as you play them from your hand, uh, really quite remarkable. Now, I, I never would have thought holding a hand of dice would be you know comfortable let alone functional but i from the you know the kickstarter video we watched it looked like they were all really working well with it it didn't seem to cause any of the players any trouble you know the pasty guy with the freckles that looked like moles more and maybe he just has some horrible skin problems he looked like he was having some troubles but you know that kind of you know two and a half foot tall girl or whatever Mm -hmm. who was trying she seemed to really get a grasp on it so it was kind of hit or miss but i think with a few plays through people will be able to handle an entire hand of uh, of uh, card dice, dice cards. Have they come up with a good term for that yet? Dirds, uh, I think, is what they started with, but it seems like maybe they'll want to. I think it's revisit. Go- I think it's going to be a hit. Like there's going to be a whole category for it on Board Game Geek yeah. before long because it's it's impressive, and well, other people are going to copy that. I know it's kind of flashy and obvious, but the thing that really stood out to me was they have this mechanic that you might think uh, is is a style of app integration, but it's actually. Uh, a piece of cursed sandstone mm-hmm. um and you know it's a tablet literally speaking right. but it's not what we would call a tablet today uh-huh. it's just a demonically possessed hunk of hardened desert sand uh-huh. um but it interacts with the board and the pieces and the players in ways that uh standard mechanics you know dice and cards or dirds never could and that's that's new we Brand haven't new. seen that before. never before i i haven't played any games that use evil artifacts that have been unearthed from the sands of Egypt before, or the sands of anywhere. Yeah. The anything of anywhere, the clays of Ireland, the, the peat bogs of also Ireland. Right. Uh, the, what do they have in France? Shrapnel? Shrapnels of France, <laughs> the snows of Russia, nothing. Nowhere can you unearth an evil artifact and make it a board game that I've played. Yeah. Um, and you know, that that's kind of, it really speaks to the developer's um, skill here and dedication that they've kept the MSRP down, even using that sa- evil sandstone. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 on the high end for what it is. Don't get me wrong. You're going to spend some money on Crime Mummy, the it's board game. It's a chunk of change. It's like 88 bucks, I think. And yeah. it's a pretty small game. Like, it's not... It's not like Twilight Imperium or something like right. that. But it's worth it, I think. Like, it's, it's not insane given what you're getting, which as mentioned, includes a sandstone tablet inscribed with cursed hieroglyphics. And possessed by the soul of one of the Pharaoh's closest servants. Every box has one of these. I know. He, you know, it's impressive how they got that many. He must have had a lot of servants. Pharaoh. Yeah. That's how he rolled. They were the original um, uh, rappers in that they had bling. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, <laughs> something to look for in stores this uh, this holiday check season. Out, check out the Kickstarter. If you just go to kickstarter.com and search Crime Mummy Board Game. Yeah, you'll, you'll definitely find something. Definitely 100% find uh, something when you search that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's well worth your time. It's going to be good. It's going to be big. Which is the opposite of what... Uh, we're going to talk about for the rest of this segment. You might call Crime Mummy the board game, Twilight Imperium, Game of Thrones, even stuff is stuff like uh, Alchemists or um, Arkham Horror macro games. We're going to swing to the other end of the scale and talk about little games. Little games, thanks. <laughs> uh, and uh, the the little tiny things, the little ones, the ones that make you just say so small, 
So very so, small. So small game. So very small. That was racist. We cannot do that. <laughs> that was not okay. Who was it racist against, though? It was just sort of generically racist. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't all right. Like, was... So small. That's definitely like... Uh, against who? I don't even know. That's definitely like a, a, a mid-30s, we're about to go to war with Japan, let's do something racist about it. Oh, I didn't even think of it as thing. Japanese at all. Oh, it's... Really? You're the racist here. I'm, no, I'm I innocent. I didn't want to be the racist. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we apologize to whoever we offended with that fucking <laughs> bit right there. Good Lord. <sighs> We're talking about micro games, micro which may games. or may not even really be a thing. Yeah, we don't know. I didn't, we didn't do a lot of research for this part. Um, or ever. Ever. No, we don't put effort into our podcast. But uh, we micro games, small, little, tiny games. Um. Uh, I remember hearing about a game called Tiny Epic Kingdoms, which I never looked into more than to say, oh, that's a cool title, uh, but that sounds like a micro game. Um, I designed a couple, or, or you know, spitballed a couple ideas recently that I thought, oh, it's probably a micro game, it's small, doesn't have a lot of components. This is how I talk when I do design work. Um, that's how you talk normally. I mean, did you do a voice just then? Stop making me doubt my own sanity, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so micro games, very small games. Very minimal components. Try to really get a lot of meat out of just a very few things. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think it says a lot about you that <laughs> what you have dubbed micro games came in at how many cards? 60? It was uh, about a 60 to 80 card deck and eight dice. That is a micro game in Tom's mind. Now compare this to... Um, how is that not a micro game? Chip's game. Uh Chip Bove, who we talked to on the podcast a few episodes back. Oh, I see where you're going with um, this. Which yeah. I think had to have a maximum of, what, 17 cards? And no dice. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Those wallet games, uh, his isn't the only one in that. Uh -huh. um, go back and listen to that episode, because I don't remember what the other two were called. Um, but those wallet games, I believe 17 cards was... It might have been 20 cards with uh -huh. the max, but 17, 6 out of yeah. 11. Those are... Much more micro than yours. Yeah, mine's pretty <laughs> by, huge. By, by a lot. By, yeah, my, I didn't even try. <laughs> huh. Never mind. <laughs> but so, so that does bring up the question that when, you, when you're thinking of a micro game, do you, are you thinking of it more about number of components, like physical size? Is it micro because of the space it takes up? Or is it micro in play time or scope? I'm not going to lie to you. You put no thought into I it I typed at all. the word microgames, like, three, bullet, sounds, three bullet like points, and then I went to bed. No, well, actually, I went and read about Teddy Roosevelt for an hour, and then I went to bed. Just to bring everyone in a little bit on our uh, planning, and that's, that's heavily air-quoted planning for these uh, episodes. And only the last two episodes have even had this amount of planning. <laughs> the segment one microgames section has three bullet points. The first bullet point says, are microgames a thing? The second bullet point says, how big are they? And the third was, do you design one or do they just happen? And there wasn't even a question mark. It's as though he gave up. Like, just, yeah, three, three, two and a half points is enough. No. I'm going to go read about dead presidents. Give me some credit here. I had to take a little bit of time to make sure that our sponsors had sent in the material we were going to splice into the episode for their ads. Did, did you black out for a second? Pro probably. How would I know? I... Well, did you suddenly feel like it was a time that was different from the time it was a moment ago? I usually do. Well, I... Listen, ever since you screwed up the timelines... Hey, you... we had this talk. Fine, whatever. Not my fault. Fine, fine. Just... just we. Let's say we screwed up the timeline. Just, just take your panties, smooth them out a little bit. Smooth. I'm not wearing panties. I'm not wearing anything. I hate... I hate it when you This is the timeline where I'm naked. <laughs> I hate it when you podcast naked. Ever since the timeline got screwed up, every so often I've felt as though perhaps there are these little fractures where suddenly we're in a different one. Have you noticed that? I haven't been really paying attention. I feel like we might be in a different timeline again. Well, you know. Like, for example, you're naked suddenly. 
I was naked before. No, you weren't. That's the thing. I'm the Tom from a timeline where you were not nude, and you are the Johannes from a timeline where apparently you were. So maybe, yeah, maybe you're jumping timelines. Well, well, maybe you could have jumped into my timeline. Nope. Been here the whole time. (laughs) Anyway, um, what were we talking about in your timeline? Nudity. Okay. How great it is. In... (laughs) In my timeline. The feeling of a mesh swivel chair against your bare bottom. What What is that like, anyway? Is it any good? It's all right. All right I'll, I'll keep that in mind. You know, it's a high-quality chair, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get one made of, like, jute. What the hell is jute? It's kind of like burlap, but not quite so yeah, scratchy. Yeah, I don't think I would want to sit nude in a jute chair. I don't know. That they... sounded racist. <laughs> Like, I know it's not. I assume you're not tricking me into dropping ethnic slurs, but I don't want to sit naked in a jute chair. Sounds like the sort of thing that would be thrown at some ethnic group that was marginalized and depressed. Yeah, I I don't know. Have we done this already? (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Which timeline are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, Micro games. Is that what we're talking? No, I thought we were talking about nudity in your timeline. We're talking about nude micro games? Yeah. Are you from a timeline where you play board games naked? You're not? Is Gary still your friend in this timeline? Who? Thank God. (laughs) 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 What if we did that just to retcon Gary out of the show? (laughs) And he was never mentioned again, nor his proclivity for sea turtles. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> micro games yeah uh they're small um so one of the things you know that you can kind of run into with micro games um and one of the kind of distinctions with my conception of micro games versus or at least when i was making these couple the last few weeks uh and other people's is i'm looking at micro in terms of components but not necessarily rules right whereas other people are looking at both like super micro and components, like 17 cards compared to, and also not many rules, like just the whole thing's got to be micro. I'm like, if you make one part small, that means you can make the other part equally large so it balances. So you're you're talking more about games that that, that fit in a pocket, but play like a big box board game. Yeah, it's it's very small, very compact, very few components, but still gives you that gamer's game type feel where you're just, it, it's chewy. It's like it's like hot taffy in your mouth. Would hot taffy be chewy? It'd still stick. Okay. I'm not, you know, I don't usually eat hot taffy. Just you, a bowl of hot taffy you with are, a spoon. <laughs> you are missing out. You can't eat it with a spoon because it sticks to the spoon. Sticks to the and spoon. you can't really lick it off. The key is to put flour on your hand and eat it like a bear. Just bear paw it. Yeah? Yeah. That's, you, do you, don't you burn your hand and no, mouth? No, you've got flour on it. You're not going to burn it through the flour. How much flour is on your hand? Enough. Enough, apparently. Um, there is a distinction to be made, perhaps a second time, uh, between my <laughs> micro games and mini games. Uh, a micro game is a, a word that Tom made up, probably. Probably. Uh, for what he just described, a mini game is generally a game within a game mm-hmm. um, where a mechanic requires two people to whatever rock paper scissors to to break a tire whatever it's a, it's a smaller uh self-contained game within a larger game right but micro games as we're talking about them are like your uh approach to draft number three of away team and draft number two of ironclad mm-hmm. which were just huge ballooning monstrosities and you cut down considerably mm-hmm. in a way that you wouldn't have we we wouldn't have before because we get so married to stuff that we've come up with mm-hmm. we like ideas and yeah we don't want to get rid of them and yeah I, everyone says you don't need to do all of the ideas write them down use them somewhere else and i have told other designers that even mm-hmm. uh but it's really hard to do yeah you, there's such good ideas especially since sometimes they seem like they work really well together mm-hmm. but you don't want to end up where we are often like just expanding and expanding until every single board game you sat down to design becomes, you know, two thirds of the way to a full on tabletop, right. like buy three different books. And, and you don't you don't want to end up where I end up so often where I'm on page 15 of the rules and I can't back out now because I've invested so much. But I'm just picturing the look 
on Johannes's face as I try to explain it. And then I'm picturing the shape of his fist descending upon me in fury over and over and over again. Uh, and it's just bad. You don't want to go there. I picture that all the time. <laughs> Sometimes when we're podcasting, we'll do like a, a reaction to one another where we just sort of open our eyes real wide in surprise at each other. And we'll act as though that is audible on the podcast to you, the listener, but it's not. Oh, I thought you farted. <laughs> oh, do you think the mic picked that up? Do you think it didn't? <laughs> I heard it through my headphones. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I didn't realize that was what you were reacting to. <laughs> do you need to go wipe? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I spilled chocolate on these pants earlier, so I got to clean them anyway. <laughs> I thought you were going to say so no one will know the difference. There's already brown on there. How would I have spilled chocolate on the back of my pants? I don't know. I sat on a Snickers bar. <laughs> it's the best way to eat them. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's how do so you eat, gross. How do you so eat, gross. How do you eat Snickers bars? I don't. No. Snickers? Snickers bars are th- are like the jock candy bar in my mind. Oh, really? Just like cookies and cream ice cream is the jock ice cream. It's the one that everyone it's, – it's, well, I don't know about jock. The like pointlessly popular – like it's not bad, but it's not that great. Come on. See, Snickers – when I was younger, like a younger, younger man, mm-hmm. very young – uh, Snickers bars were the kind of bar like my dad would get when he wanted candy. Uh-huh. Like if we were getting candy for everybody, like, you know, the kids would pick their candy. Mom would be like, oh, I'm going to get a Snickers for your dad. And we'd be like, oh, dad loves the Snickers bars. Later on, he transitioned over and just started eating Mr. Good bars. Like those were his thing. Yeah. But I still think of Snickers. I was like, oh, I'll get a Snickers bar because that's what dad used to get. I don't think I've ever seen my dad eat a candy bar. Like if we went to a party store or whatever and got candy, he would get, like, a huge hunk of meat. Like, whatever the biggest piece of beef jerky you could get, that's what he got. I don't think I've ever seen your dad eat. Just he's seen him he's lurk. never eaten. Makes he just sense. sits at the head of the table and judges. Yeah. And yeah. tells friendly anecdotes and puns <laughs> a lot. But mostly judges. Mostly judges. Yeah. Very. What are we talking about? Well, farts. No. <laughs> farts, soiled pants, micro games. Farting naked in a mesh swivel chair. I think that was our topic. I think for that this was the week. topic. You would want to be careful because if that's that fart... also the name of my memoirs. <laughs> I was gonna never mind. I'm not gonna we're, I'm gonna maintain some semblance of class in this this awful No, I'm not. No, let's go nope, there. Do if it. you if you fart naked in a mesh swivel chair, you better be confident in that fart. Oh, because yeah. otherwise you're going to get a it's going to be like a shower head. Yeah, like spaghetti. Yeah, and it's not good. You ever had that that Play-Doh thing that you like turn the crank and the You're making pasta in Play-Doh. Yeah, Play-Doh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like that only with uh uh with the with the butt stuff. Yep. Yeah. I think I just had an idea for a micro game. Well, you have a mesh chair. <laughs> okay. It, yeah, it's already not very small. <laughs> Never mind, it's not a micro game. Wait, are you saying the chair was a component? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the opposite of a micro game. That's a macro game. You could be a giant. You this could is the be, worst podcast I guess on the internet. Impossible. You could just be a mythological creature. Why don't we be unicorns and leprechauns while we're at it? We were already zombies. Were we? Mummies. Oh, right. Those are different. I love that show. It's a great show. Crime Mummy? Crime Mummy. We should go watch Crime Mummy. We should finish this segment first. We've talked about very little content. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything more to say about micro games, though? Probably. The question is, have we said it already? <laughs> it's hard to tell given the timeline shenanigans yep. that are going on here. Uh, I guess the last question on the list was, do you design one or do they just happen? Which was originally a statement, but he insisted I add a qu- uh, question mark to it. Uh, or more accurately, he added a question mark to it. Uh, more, more accurately, I don't do a lot of work on the podcast. That is true. Um. But, uh, you know, are, is that something you aim for? It's like, I want to make a micro game, a very tiny, minuscule thing. Or is that just sort of, what, do you aim for that? Or do you just sort of let it happen as the design? Should the game be the game that it is? Or should you just be like, bleh, I mean, bleh. Um, made a lot of sense. It's very, you know, hoity-toity and, and artsy and whatever of me having never actually... Add fartsy to artsy. You know you want to. Oh, did I not? You artsy didn't. fartsy. It's certainly artsy fartsy. That's the 
the the highest form of artsy mm-hmm. is the artsy fartsy mm-hmm. kind of artsy. Right. I just broke my brain a little. <laughs> um, I, I have often said on on board game hour and and in talking to other designers that uh, you should follow where the design where the game is taking you. And so if you set out like we did with Big Man to design what you could call a micro game, that was our intent with Big mm-hmm. Man. Fits in your pocket, plays on a lunch table in in the space of of a lunch break. Um, and it got away from us in that I think it turned out to be a much better game for mm-hmm. it. And so you you obviously have to uh be able to recognize when you're letting things get out of hand like we do. There's a difference between following the game and just doing everything that pops into your head. Mm-hmm. But if you set out to z- design a micro game and end up creating something that is not micro but is great, don't break it to fit it back into the micro game mold that you were trying for. Or at least if you decide to break it to fit it back into the mold, branch it and have a version right, yeah. that works don't, as a micro. Don't, don't then give up on what yeah. you had previously. Because one, one of the things that we've mentioned, I think, when we did the theme episode earlier on, I don't even remember if we did a theme episode. That was a lie. I'm just talking. But one of the things we've mentioned before is that theme is pretty malleable in board gaming. Like, it's pretty straightforward to duct tape a new theme over a game and just make it different. Same mechanics, same everything, just instead of werewolves, it's mummies. We did talk about that, and, and it depends on the game, but often, mm-hmm. yeah. If you design a game that is mechanically sound. Mm-hmm. It, well, but the, the thing is that board games aim toward an audience that will accept you are a wizard who does this. He is a wizard. As an argument for yeah. why the game is the way it is. Right, so right. when all else fails, you can just be like, you're a wizard, and that's why everything works the way it does. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, wizard. Okay. Right, but why does this do that? Magic. Because that's, okay. how, that's how magic works in this setting that I came up with explicitly so that it would work this way so my game would work. Yeah. Like, that's not great. That's not the best theme possible. But when all else fails, you've got it in your back pocket. You can just be wizards. That is the name of my memoir. Wemoir? Wemoir. Wemoir. <laughs> you can just be wizards. The Tom Rich story. Farting naked in a mesh chair. The Johanna Stauffer story. <laughs> Starring Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> which one of ours, which one star, do both of them star? Yep. Wow. That's going to be confusing. Yeah. Because like, I imagine I appear in your memoir. They're not like... like Briefly? They're not like sequels. Like like a little bit? Like I show up at least somewhat, right? Just Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's not like... Yeah, but if Shaq plays you and Shaq plays me, like there's going to be scenes where it's just Shaq talking to himself. No, they're not the same film. Oh, so in your movie, Shaq plays you, right. but somebody else plays me. Yeah. Like... like Gary. Gary. Oh. <laughs> and oddly... Someone who looks very much like you plays Gary. That's confusing. That, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's. I feel like we needed to get a better director for the uh, the film adaptations of our memoirs. I feel like we need to apologize for our audience to our audience for this segment. Well, you know, in our defense, they were it was a different audience in a different universe when we started. When we started, yeah. Well, maybe for maybe for at least one for, of us, it's yeah, hard to tell least. which. It's entirely possible that this is being broadcast to a third audience from an entirely new universe. Who knows? They're going to be really confused because they're expecting it to be entirely about crepes. All podcasts are about crepes in that universe. Yeah, it's confusing. That's all that podcasts are for. Yep. Talking about crepes. What if we made an edible board game out of crepes? <laughs> I think that's the cue to go go to commercial. <laughs> like I'm, I'm see, like somebody's flashing me the red go to commercial light out of the corner of my eye. Or you're having a stroke. Or I'm having a stroke. Uh, but I don't remember how to get there. How do we get there from the Well, if, if you uh, have a micro game that you think we should check out or an idea for one or think we're stupid and micro games are bad, or if you have already made an edible game out of crepes that you would like us to review on our show, you can let us know on Twitter at Mildly Alarming or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Mildly Alarming Show. You can make an email go to us at mildlyalarmingshow at gmail.com. Or you could leave a comment in the comment section at mildlyalarming.com. Is that right? That is right. There's no show in the web address. <laughs> Terrible podcast. We're so good at this. Or Stitcher. Or iTunes. Yeah, we could do those things. you could do you the five-star reviews. A, a review. Or I could say something stupid, some goofy way you could send us one. Listen, you're not listening anymore, I'm it sure. It won't even make sense in your timeline anyway. There are no dogs. 
<laughs> commercial, commercial. We record those ahead of. I mean, they're sent to us by the sponsor ahead we'll, of time. We'll put one here now, so they're better. See you after it. Hello there, young man. My name is Henry Boone Tusk Weathercorn, owner and sole proprietor of Weathercorn's Mustache Goblins. Now, now, lad, don't run off. I see that you've grown yourself a fine mustache. Why, with a few years waxing and growth, you'll have a lip ornament that any man would be proud of. But you seem like a discerning sort, full of pepper and vip, eh? Yes, indeed, sir. You won't settle for an ordinary mustache. For the cost of only three poundlings and a Spaniard's hay nickel, you can have a band of my own patented mustache gremlins. These little rascals will live in your mustache, keeping it clean and neat. They'll take care of any food that might get trapped in the follicles, and even might pluck the stray Frenchman's hair that pokes out of your nose. Now I see you're skeptical, and there are downsides. They tickle a bit, see, so you may sneeze, and every so often they'll hurl their tiny spears at anyone nearby. Makes it rather difficult to sneak a kiss from some young strumpet. But with a mustache maintained by a tribe of tiny gremlins, for every girl who runs away, you'll have four more running to take her place. What do you say, old chap? Sound like your rumply toot? Then come to my shop on Potscrape Street. Look for the sign. Weathercorn's Mustache Goblins. Good day to you, sir. Good day. Welcome back to the Mildly Alarming Podcast. I'm Johanna Stauffer. And I'm not, but I am Tom Rich. We do that joke like every time. No, we don't do Literally it every time. Every we do it time. just every now and again. Every now and again being like like three quarters of the time. We do it an appropriate amount of... Pre- Why do you hate me? Why do you have to take from me all of the things that I love? Because you're dumb and also you suck. But it's time for everyone's <laughs> favorite segment... Tom's a dumb butthole. I mean, booze in the news. Boop, 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 boop. Again, bum, there's, bum, there's bum, already movie. Bum, 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 Music is there. Bum, bada, bum, bum. I put time bum, and bum, effort into it. <laughs> and, and, and now I have peed on that time and effort. And you shut up for a minute. Can I talk yet? Yeah, we're back now. Okay, good. All right. Welcome back to Booze in the News, everybody. Everybody's favorite segment where we look at goofy news articles and get drunk. Newfie goose articles. That's how that would go They're if you so swapped. so newfie. <laughs> Which is what you call a person or a dog from Newfoundland. I think you call a dog that if it is, in fact, a Newfoundland breed dog, regardless of where it's from. That's weird, though, right? Because it's a place. Where? It's like if you were like... That dog was born in Arkansas, but it's a German shepherd. It's clearly an Arkansas shepherd. <laughs> right? No. no. That's not I mean I mean I don't understand you, dogs at all. I mean you might have a point. I don't but get dogs. It's it's still called a German shepherd. No. Why? Because it's of that breed. It's like it's descended from German. It's like how it's like how sometimes we call you a German even you though you've never been to Germany. Uh because you're descended from German. But I'm not German. Right, but you've got that, that background. Nor am I a shepherd. Or a dog of any sort. I don't know what we're talking about at this point. I never did. Okay. Booze cool. in the news. Booze in the news. Do you want to start it out? Or do you yeah, want why not? Think? All right. <laughs> Sorry. I just read the headline that I had already read it and it made me laugh again. <clears throat> Man with sexual attraction to playground equipment banned from any location with a slide. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. I would, you know, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like, I would actually widen that ban. Like, I wouldn't specify slide, because, like, I've been to playgrounds that didn't have slides. Well, apparently his sexual attraction, I think the playground equipment is actually the inaccurate statement. He has an attraction to slides. Oh, That's his actual okay, problem, yeah. yeah. Okay, no, that uh, makes sense then. This this article from uh, DangerousMinds.net uh, begins, A man with a italicized powerful fetish. For children's playground equipment has been banned from going, quote, anywhere which has a slide, end quote, reported the Huddersfield Daily Examiner. Is this from the, the British U- It's from yeah. the UK. Okay, yeah. Hudders- no no other place would have a place called Huddersfield. Maybe part of New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but New England. New, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, we're trying to be as absurd as Old England. 
well, maybe not try, but it's like they just got here from Old England, so they're bringing. So they were like, "This place should be called Huddersfield." Yeah, they haven't gotten they haven't gotten weird with it like the rest of the country. And yet. that place should be called West Corkening, and the other one should be like Slittersby, but it's spelled <laughs> in a way that makes no sense. There's like eighteen different Y's. There's CHs and just whatever yeah. all up in mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he received a three-year criminal behavior order, uh, which bans him from attending any location, attending a location, including parks, swimming baths, beaches, and recreation grounds where a slide is present. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, he was acting in, he was, <laughs> quote, interacting in a lascivious way with a slide in a park. And someone saw him and called the cops. I and love, they were like, no, you got to cut that out. I, I adore trying to translate goofy crap like that into legalese. Right. It's majestic. Uh, uh. So, yeah, now, somewhat poetically, Johnson's fate is to be forever banned from interacting with the one thing in life he loves most. Well, that's not true. A hard penalty, if a necessary one. He could he could get himself a yard and buy a slide. It's true, yeah. He's not banned from interacting with the one thing he loves most. He's just banned from doing it in public. In, just in public. Which is, is fair. Why wouldn't he? I mean, I guess, like, maybe... If you had your own slide. An offense. An offense. Like, maybe you'd get bored of that slide. Like, maybe he's kind of a slut in addition he's to like being a, into he, slides. He's like a slide swinger? Well, no, because if he were a slide swinger, wouldn't he take his slide with him and be like, hey, you use my slide and I'll use yours? Uh, that's fair. Yeah. This is more like, I'm going to sneak out. I'm going to sneak around on my slide. <laughs> He's got, he's just got, this is, this is the UK. So if he even has a yard, it's like a depressing little box of like uh, sometimes grass. Right. Su- surrounded by a hedge or whatever. And so maybe it's just slides just from, from back to front and end to end, just all slides. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, no, I've been there. Well, maybe, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it might be too that, that, that part of the fun or the excitement is the thrill of being you know, out on regular playgrounds with a new slide. Yeah, I guess. All things, in fairness, we prob- this man is probably miserable and we probably shouldn't mock. It's too late. We already have. We did. We did. We're mean people. We are mean and unkind. That is true. Let's stay in the British Isles for a little while. All right. Here. What do you have? Uh, princess claims animals don't have rights because they don't pay taxes. Now, I haven't seen the article. You've just read me the, uh, the headline there. Mm-hmm. You sure it's a British princess? Princess Michael of Kent has sparked public outrage after claiming that animals don't have rights because they don't pay taxes. The outspoken royal told an audience at the Henley Literary Festival that despite being an animal lover, she did not believe they had rights. Quote, I'm a great animal lover and I'm involved in a lot of conservation, but animals don't have rights. They don't have bank accounts. They don't vote. We have obligations. We have obligations to animals, but to say they have rights, they don't have rights. You only have rights if you pay your taxes. You earn your rights. Michael. Her name is Michael. It says Princess Michael of Kent, spelled M I C H A E L. Like the, like if it were M I C H A L, like the wife of David. Uh huh. I could maybe Michael, it's, Princess it, Michael. It's just straight up Michael. They're English. Like I don't like, feel like if, I'm crossing any cultural boundaries here to be like that. A, that a dude's name. If you just put your thumb over the word princess, it's it, you wouldn't have any. You wouldn't make it any. Just, it would just but, be an article about a guy named Michael, and it would no longer be notable. Yeah, I've, Michael. But says then that. again, you know, I mean, I, remember we're talking about royalty here, so there's some old fashioned customs, and I've encountered men named Kim in my own life. Sure, there are, have been men historically named Ashley. Right, but. Ashley was historically a man's name and became a woman's name. Oh, I guess Michael was never really a and woman's Kim name. has always been a little ambiguous. I don't uh, other than really? M I C H A yeah, other what? than M I C H A L in in the Bible, I've never encountered a Michael that was a woman. Hmm. Maybe Michael's parents hate her and this is she's she's just taking out her her anger, angst and anger see, on animals just you know, as I, a whole. You know, I mean it's it's a weird one because for a variety of reasons here, but I'm actually a little confused by it because she says, you know, you only have rights if you pay taxes. Um, I don't pay taxes. Do I not have rights? And uh, I think I hear the IRS knocking on the door. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually wondering, do the royal, does the royal family, do the royal families, who's the princess of Kent? Are they the same royal family? I have no idea. Do they pay taxes? Uh, 
I don't know because th- th- their setup is kind of weird because they still own like a huge amount of land in England. But back in like Henry the Eighth-ish times, I think Henry the Eighth, Henry the Eighth, they struck a deal with Parliament because they were broke as all get out, where they got an income from Parliament, right? And Parliament got an income from all of the, got the income from all of their lands, and that's still the deal today. Yeah. So they probably don't pay taxes but if you looked at their spreadsheet there might be ba- it might balance out could be i mean they're the royal family of england they you know they're ordained by god to rule england it's a theocracy technically um so it's uh you know there's it's a convenient theocracy because you can be like i really want to divorce my wife so i'm just gonna start just gonna the anglican church quick, quick, quick split the church in two Hot swap that. It'll be fine. Well, not in two, because it had already been split a little bit. Well, yeah. yeah. Go Luther. Yeah, I'm just going to make a, make a new version. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to... We're going to... I'm going to do a control S. Then when everybody changes, I'm going to do a control it's like save. like a fork. A, a save as. If, yeah. If, you you know, yeah, on, on GitHub or whatever, they, they forked yeah. the... Uh, yeah, you save one version the of the... The source. F- the Catholic Church forked <laughs> off to... Save one version of your file. And Have then we offended everyone yet? Uh, I don't... I, I mean, I don't think the Jews or Muslims care at this point. Okay, we'll work on that. Yeah, I don't know enough about the Shia-Sunni split to make a joke about it, uh, but it's also a fork. File save as. You right, know, yeah. Is that a joke? Does that work? Sure, whatever. If, if you're a Muslim and offended by that, let me know, because I need to know for my own records if I've successfully offended you yet. We need to be equal opportunity offenders. Right, right, exactly. Uh, Buddhists, I don't think we've got them either. Yeah, well, we'll get there eventually. Uh, at some point, maybe. Anyway, that's Princess Michael of Kent. Uh, animals don't have rights because they don't pay taxes. Also, that was from ITV.com, which maybe that's ITV.com. No, I it's, it's ITV. It's ITV? ITV. Uh, Is that how that works? All right. I only know about that from the uh, the the trolls bit about Northern Irish accents. Ah. Well, anyway, what do you got for us? Nunchuck-wielding shampoo thief charged in bus-based sword attack. Shampoo thief sounds like a euphemism. All of it sounds like, yeah, euphemism. It's just like a, it's just like a mash, just just a pile of like euphemisms and album titles and mm. band names and memoirs, nicknames, <laughs> insults. So what happened there? Uh, a Seattle woman who was just out of jail uh, after attacking a store clerk with a with nunchucks mm-hmm. uh, after trying to steal a bottle of shampoo um, was on a bus. In Seattle, where these sort of people tend to live, apparently, and I would have expected Florida, but okay, we'll go uh, with it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, someone bumped into her like a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the the article uses the word jostled mm-hmm. uh, on a bus, and she like pushed him or punched him or something, and he like pulled the the, the thing and stopped the bus and got off, and she chased him off of the bus, and then. Pulled an 18-inch sword out of her shirt and chased him. Why did it. she have that? I don't know. It's never explained. <laughs> I guess she was... Yeah, had previously been arrested for a nunchuck incident, though, so... Yeah. Fair enough. So um, I think nunchuck-wielding shampoo thief charged in bus-based sword attack is something that could be used, like, to help children learn diction mm-hmm. uh, as something that you... Like type repeatedly to get a feel for where the keys are on the keyboard. Like I think it's got a lot of applications. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, plus, you know, nunchuck wielding shampoo thief could be a band name, mm-hmm. and bus based sword attack could be their their freshman album. I'm gonna start calling people shampoo thieves when they tick me off. You filthy shampoo shampoo thief. Boycott shampoo. <laughs> Demand the real poo. It's a joke, see, because sham means. means what fake. else do you have? I, I was gonna go with I was gonna go with like sham, uh, a shamu reference there, but I didn't. It didn't come together fast. Or like enough. chamois, like yeah, 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 yeah. Fair. Antelope leather. Uh, are, we, are we back on? Are we on? We're, to back, the, we're back to you. To, the, to for, the greatest thing. Is it time for the main event? Oh crap! I never got the text of this. Do do what you got to do. I'll I'll try to pull it up here. Time for the main event. Yeah. All right, this is from TheOrlandoSentinel.com, who will forever go down in the annals of humanity as a hero for uh, bringing us this story. It's pronounced annals. Fair enough. Florida candidate for U.S. Senate admits to sacrificing goat drinking its blood. All right. That's uh, sacrificing goat, comma, drinking its blood. Yeah. Yeah, the goat wasn't drinking any blood. The goat died. 
and this guy drank its blood. So check this. So check out this this opening paragraph to this thing. Tallahassee, Florida. Two years ago, Augustus Sol Invictus walked from central Florida to the Mojave Desert and spent a week fasting and praying, at times thinking he wouldn't survive. In a pagan ritual to give thanks when he returned home, he killed a goat and drank its blood. Now he's a candidate for the U.S. Senate, and the story is coming back to bite him. Wasn't wasn't it in a sacrifice uh, to the... The god of the wilderness. Yeah, he sacrificed that goat to the god of the wilderness as thanks for his successful time of fair and, uh, of prayer and fasting. Now, let us pause for a moment. I don't mean we don't mean to mock prayer or fasting or prayer and fasting or prayer and or fasting in the wilderness. All great, do what you want to do, but don't sacrifice a goat and drink its blood. Like that's the part we're mocking here. Like, is that fair? Is that a fair enough intro there? I think even. You know, sacrificing maybe is okay sometimes. A goat, though? It's often a goat. Like, like you're, you're knifing the goat? I think the part of the problem was not just the sacrifice, because it was funny. You sent me this, and I, I had recently read or listened to a podcast mm-hmm. or something about someone else who was... Or no, no, about a time when um, some... Some group tried to like shut down another religious group because they sacrificed animals. And there's like a Supreme Court decision saying, no, you can sacrifice animals if that's huh. part of your religious belief. That is not only that that is not only like supported, but defended by, you know, Constitution and, sure. the, and the the uh, Supreme Court. But this guy, like if you, if you go really into it, like brutally slaughtered, not uh-huh. not like humanely slaughtered a goat like eviscerated a live goat like right. really rough kind of you know what did the goat do to you kind of gotcha yeah. see i didn't go that deep into the goat slaughtering <laughs> i i zeroed in a little bit more on the, the thing that jumped out at me was the blood drinking's a little weird though the blood drinking that's an intense part like that part said i go maybe i don't want to invite him to my pool party yeah i i wouldn't want him at my pool party no uh the thing that jumped out to me, though, is that you, you may have noticed at one point in there that I said the phrase Augustus Sol Invictus. Which was not a Harry Potter spell. It was not a Harry Potter spell. It was not uh, uh, something from history, although maybe it was. Uh, it was actually this man's name. It was his literal legal name. He declines to say what his name used to be because he changed it to Augustus Sol Invictus. What does that mean? It is a Latin phrase, which means majestic, unconquered son. Augustus... Son with a U. With a U. Augustus was a Roman emperor. Probably more than one, I think, if I remember right. Uh, Sol Invictus was a Roman god. Yeah. Just... And Sol, S-O-L. Sol is the name of the sun in our... Yes. The star of our solar system. Yes. So, like, there's some stuff going on there. Like, I gotta, I gotta place myself in the mind of the poor clerk at some county courthouse in Florida who had to process a form asking this guy to change his name to, from whatever it used to be to Augustus Sol Invictus. Like, you got to be thinking, I should, there's got to be some agency I report this to. Just like, maybe, maybe keep an eye on him. Just make, put a flag on there. Yeah, just a like, little flag to say, just go check up now and again. Make sure he's not a crazy person trying to co- rebuild the Roman Empire. Maybe just, the government should put one of their chips in it. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Augustus has uh, admitted to drinking the goat blood for a while. Yeah, he came right up. So for years, the Libertarian Party has been like, no, no, this person is crazy and not one of us. He drank goat blood. And and people were like, no, he didn't. You just don't like him, Libertarians. Here's the here's the quote from Augustus. I did sacrifice a goat. I know that's probably a quibble in the mind of most Americans, a he quibble. said. I sacrificed an animal to the god of the wilderness. Yes, I drank the goat's blood. Now, now, Mr. Invictus, quibble there means a trivial thing that we might argue over, but ultimately would probably d- dismiss because it's trivial. It's not an important part. On the larger part of the argument, we can find some agreement. It's a small thing. It's little. It's little. Sacrificing a goat and drinking its blood... It's that, a little weird. That's something that it's not a quibble. That is something that I'm going to go. I'm going to raise my eyebrows about and go. I would like to know more before I join your <laughs> apocalypse train, your death cult. Like you got to explain this to me. Like maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's something we're going to find common ground. I'm like, okay, you sacrificed the goat. I wouldn't do it, but I get it. You drank the blood. I'm not aboard, but okay. 
but maybe not. It's the sort of thing where I feel like if you're going to represent me in some sort of assembly, I got to know more. Can we uh, create a game called Apocalypse Train? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Um, We continued, though, down the Augustus Sol Invictus uh, rabbit hole. So far down. Goat hole, I guess that would be. Goats live in holes. (laughs) Clearly. Um, And discovered that uh, he's a lawyer. Uh, He had written a... Somehow. Somehow, yeah. He had written a uh, uh, departure memo to his colleagues uh, shortly before going off into the wilderness to, um, you know... Have wander, his, wander about the Mojave Desert. Yeah, have his spiritual awakening, uh, fear death, and ultimately sacrifice a goat and drink its blood as thanks to the god of the wilderness for that. And um, do you want? Do we want to just do it? Do, do you want? Should I just do this now? Is that? Yeah, we, we want to do it like we did it with the uh... CFR. We can make it. Yeah. All right. This is the departure memo of Augustus Sol Invictus. <clears throat> I'm going to see if how far I can go. Before Johannes has to pick no, up I'll the p- baton. I'll pick up when you can't handle it anymore. To the gray world of man. I should note, this is me again. I am not going to add anything. The only thing I will add is my inflection. The S- same rules we used for the other one. For the Eye of Argon. Eye yeah. of Argon. To the gray world of man. They say that only failures become revolutionaries. That those who perpetrate violence in the name of a great cause only do so because they have failed at everything else in life. In other words, they only become revolutionaries because they have achieved nothing of value in the real world. Crap, it scrolled on me. Oh, no. Well, witness ye the glory of my life. There it is. I You're already. Even, yeah, I, I, I snorted. <clears throat> witness ye the glory of my life at 29 years of age. I have four children, each of whom should be the envy of every parent in the world. I have attained a baccalaureate degree in philosophy with honors. I have attained a doctorate in law, cum laude. I have acquired licenses in the profession of law in the states of New York, Illinois, and Florida. I am scheduled to acquire two more such licenses in North Carolina and Massachusetts. I am editor-in-chief of a poetry journal. I run an independent publishing company. I have opened my own law offices in downtown Orlando. I am an MBA candidate and I have accomplished a few other things that will remain off the record for now. I am of genius intellect and cultured, well-educated and creative, well-mannered and refined. I am God's gift to humankind where the English language is concerned, and I also happen to have a basic knowledge of Latin, Greek, French, Spanish, and Italian. I am musical and artistic. I am athletic and possessed of a militant self-discipline, and I am many other things— I have a Cadillac and a poodle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure I'd get that far, but I had to get to a Cadillac and a poodle. You held it together pretty good. <clears throat> I have a Cadillac and a poodle, multiple computers, and a personal library. I live in an apartment downtown, right across the street from the courthouse. I have been to Paris and Vancouver, to Cairo and Dubrovnik, to Mexico City and Syracuse. I dress better than all of you, pronounce my words perfectly, and have a winning professional handshake. I am everything you ever wanted to be. I challenge any of you, then, to accuse me of being a failure in this artificial civilization of yours, for it is beyond dispute that I have played your petty game, and I have won. But your game no longer holds any interest for me. Your architecture is vapid and worthless, as is your decadent culture, the mindless drivel you call music, the filth you call democracy." You waste your lives watching pure excrement on television, shopping at the strip malls, planning your vacations to resorts and theme parks. The internet, with its infinitude of information, is used for reading celebrity gossip and watching sitcoms. You have begun to reduce arguments to memes and human communication to trite soundbites. Life has become trivial, and if you cannot feel the human spirit decaying, you are already dead. As for those in the profession of law, the vast majority of you are nothing more than parasites. 
The only reason you eat, the only reason you can afford to have roofs over your heads, is that the lives of others have been ruined by the very laws and social order you claim to be legitimate. You feed off others like worms, and were this world and their lives just in an order, you would be out of work. Look upon your lives and repent. This modern civilization of which you are all so fond deserves not from me, but the violence of my contempt. And if you were strong enough, you would hold the same contempt and turn your torches upon the world as I shall. Witness ye my renunciation! (laughs) (coughs) Am I picking it up here? (laughs) I I think you gotta... All caps. This is very Klingon. Witness ye my renunciation. I hereby renounce my licenses to practice law, my diplomas, my affiliation with Rollins, DePaul, and the University of South Florida, my United States citizenship, my membership in the Roman Catholic Church, my law firm, my publishing company, and poetry journal, and all of my material possessions. To those who believe that this great renunciation is evidence of mental illness rather than the initiation of a spiritual journey, if my example stirs nothing in you, if you can see no further than the confines of what your secular humanism and its hallowed psychiatry allow, then there is nothing I can say to you that would wake you from your slumber. You are less than the beast in man. You are fungi. Would to God that you pass quickly from this earth. Hear ye my final words in peacetime. I have prophesied for years that I was born for a great war, that if I did not witness the coming of the Second American Civil War, I would begin it myself. Mark well, that day is fast coming upon you. On the new moon of May, I shall disappear into the wilderness. I will return bearing revolution, or I will not return at all. War be unto the ends of the earth. Augustus Sol Invictus, Orlando, Florida, USA, a bunch of Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, Mr. Invictus, we do not believe that this great reincarnation is evidence of mental illness. Do we? I'm pretty sure he's a crazy person. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking out there. But, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got witness ye my renunciation. <laughs> Oh my goodness! He has a gracious. Cadillac, and well, not anymore. He had a Cadillac and a poodle, but he just renounced them all. What happened to his four kids and his wife? Uh, when after he renounced his law practice and booked it off into the desert, are they also possessions? In his mind, I don't know. I, I like maybe. I don't. I don't know enough about Rome to know if they count as yeah. people or not. Well, I'd vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta be better than the bums we got in there right now. Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> oh, so I we look forward to the Second American Civil War, which Augustus, I guess he's back. He's going to start it himself. Well, yeah, because he it was on returning from this that he murdered a goat and drank its blood. Right, so that's got to be coming pretty quick now, right? I guess. Because he, he said he will return bearing revolution or not at all. Like, those are the options. Yeah, so I guess we have a lot of wool uniforms and uh, battlefield amputations with rusty saws to look forward to. I'm looking forward to eating hardtack. All, all, all civil wars are the same as the first American Civil War, right? That They have to be with... It checks out, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like the English Civil War, that's got to be that way. Mm-hmm. Powder muskets and... Yeah, yeah, Yankees and Rebs. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's how that goes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that is Augustus Sol Invictus, lunatic out of lunatic candidate for Senate in Florida, um, drinker of goat blood, slaughterer of said goat, bearer of revolution. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, from the gray world of man, we salute you, sir. You majestic, unconquered son. <laughs> uh, if you want to send a message to uh, Augustus Sol Invictus, uh. We don't know how to do it either, but you could, I guess, send it to us. I hope he doesn't sue us. He is a lawyer. Yeah, not anymore. He renounced his uh, licenses. Does that count? I, I think if he were to sue us, that is the first thing I would bring up to a judge. Be like, nah, he, uh, no, it's not. Give not it a- away, yeah. Uh... But you could, you could let us know. We probably can't do anything about it, but no. you could still let us know uh, on Twitter at Mildly Alarming or on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Mildly Alarming Show. 
Or you can send us an email at mildlyalarmingshow at gmail.com. Or you could leave a comment at www.mildlyalarming.com or on iTunes with a five-star review. Only a five-star review. If you put any fewer stars, the reviews just don't come through. So you have to put five stars. Every five. It's a flaw in iTunes, but it's one that, you know, We're we okay. have to live with. Or you can take yourself out into the wilderness somewhere. Uh, don't eat, just fast, and uh, uh, eventually we will appear before you, and we'll give you some freaking Gatorade, man. Just, jeez, you didn't have to do that. Just freaking have a sandwich or something. Come on. They, have, they even have goat blood flavored Gatorade now. Yeah, it's it's fine. It didn't need to be this intense. Just maybe chill a little bit. Yep. So we'll see you next week on the Mildly Alarming Podcast. Assuming it hasn't been sued into oblivion. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Toodles. The Mildly Alarming Podcast is brought to you by Crime Mummy. Last season saw Crime Mummy and Lonnie take on their biggest case yet. All right, Crime Mummy, this is it. The Holly Smoot Gang is in that warehouse. You ready, pal? You're right, Crime Mummy. Here goes. But if Crime Mummy knows anything, it's that crime is never mum. Stay close, Crime Mummy. Look out, Crime Mummy! Oh my god, Crime Mummy! You've been hit! Hang on, Crime Mummy! I need backup at the docks! Crime Mummy's down! Don't you die on me! Will Crime Mummy pull through? Probably. He's a mummy. But will Lonnie pull through this stark reminder of his own mortality? Find out all this and more with Crime Mummy, weeknights on NCBABPS 7.